today's podcast, we talked to a good buddy of mine, Yao, for the second time. Remember, he works in advertising. He also really loves comics. And that's sort of what we talk about for a bit. We get talking about the Avengers movies and sort of the problems with it. We cover why I'm such a poor movie critic. But I'm thinking now that being a critic, a movie critic, is a much harder job than we give it credit for. Because imagine how much you love movies and then imagine that you'd always constantly be one to criticize the movie. Finding holes, finding this, finding that. I'm just not sure if I would really want to do that all the time. I kind of just like to watch movies. From there, we get into differences between comic books and movies. Jump to wrestling. Jump to sumo, which I am now sort of semi-obsessed with, which I really enjoy. And then we get on to African countries who can't really get it together. End off on a high note when we talk about First Nations people of this country. So this will be the first podcast that at the very end... After we play that last bit of music, I'm going to come on and do a bit of a magic school bus moment. Remember that show where they took you on a scientific adventure for half an hour? And at the very end, they gave you a bit more explanation on things that they had to skip over just to make the show, well, half an hour and still interesting. So I'm going to give you a bit of that at the end because there are a few times where I just, just not say make up facts, but I don't give you enough detail to really appreciate what it is. So at the very end, make sure you listen to that. I don't know what we're going to call it. We'll call it the Magic School Bus moment for now. And we hope that uh, hope that you enjoy that. As per usual, we're also going to give you an artist that you're going to want to listen to and hopefully check out if you are on this thing called the internet. Without further ado, here's the podcast. Beauty. My, my mic is right. We got Yao back in the building. Of course, he's my main source on everything Marvel and comic bookie. Thanks for all your comments last week about that show. We're smiling. We are. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, in, we're enjoying ourselves. It, um, the internet brings us so much joy. For sure. Yeah, we're talking about Marvel. And there were a lot of things we wanted to hit on last time that we didn't quite get to hit on. And I think there's going to be the opportunity to maybe more Avengers this time, maybe more X-Men. All that kind of stuff. Because X-Men is the one place where I feel like I know a little bit more, yeah. but still not a whole lot. So the, that's where it is. We recently rewatched the Age of Ultron trailer, which is the newest Avenger movie. Yes. Which they're going to keep on making until one of those people dies. Yes. For the record, if you if you guys are keeping count at home, there are uh, three trailers and two commercial spots now online. So there's five Sneak peeks and previews for uh, this movie that comes out in the first weekend of May. Um, How much money they're going to make? Uh, Let's say I, yes for first I, first domestic weekend. The first domestic weekend is going to shatter. I feel like um, theaters need to up the times for viewing. I think they're going to crack. It's going to. It's definitely going to be a weekend record. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like I'm going to say a hundred mil for the first weekend. Like okay. it's going to make bank first weekend. Uh, I figured it's somewhere close to there. Um, and that's not including, inter- including international into that. I'm probably going to have to. Probably you're going to have to in- include international in there, but they're going to make so much money in that first weekend. It's going to be ridiculous. Um, and they'll probably start the count. Like people are going to line up the midnight before the movie. There'll probably be theaters open and people are going to see it then. And then all weekend, it's just like if you're not seeing Avengers, you're like the one of five people that are not seeing Avengers that weekend. It's kind of crazy how superhero movies have transcended just that universe. Just people who grew up on it. Because I imagine, yeah. I don't know how much the original movies made and that sort of thing, but 
superheroes are now super pervasive in our society. Like you can't really go anywhere without being, oh, here's some more Marvel stuff, here's some more DC stuff. No. It's and for the most part, for the most part, they're pretty well made films. They are well made. They have a buy-in audience. The audience has already bought in, so you have decades and decades of comic book history behind it. You have uh you have tons of money behind it, hundreds of millions of dollars behind the production, let alone the the promotion, which probably doesn't need as much as they pump into it. And then you have like you have people that love the medium and love like the comic books and telling a good story. It like this these movies are very different if like Steven Spielberg is directing them, man. <laughs> David you, Fincher is directing. Can, can you imagine Daredevil. those? I, I um, could. I could imagine the John Williams score that goes wrong with Captain America if Steven Spielberg is directing it. I that's in my head right now. Just the big overarching score and the big establishing shots and Captain America just standing there with the American flag. It's probably not Chris Evans in his version. It's probably you know Harrison Ford and they just age him down and see. <laughs> And then he crashes all the planes that he's in while he's flying for the movie. So. Well, then he would be perfect for Captain America because he crashes the plane in the first one. So. There it is. And the comic books. So it's good. And any gripe so far about this new movie? I mean, you, you, know, the, you know the comic books and you know the sort of the movie universe. So that's why you're such a good person to talk about these sort of things. What things that will you be upset about in this movie? I, you know what? I'm, I've made peace with some things. Okay. I've made some. Like, you're not going to get the comic books in the movie. It's just... You don't have enough of the backstory. You don't have enough time to build that kind of backstory. The Marvel's done a really good job of filling in backstory for everybody, but my I think the only part that could really disappoint me is the post credit scenes. I feel like the movie is gonna set is set their expectations, and the post credit scenes is where like it's not gonna make or break the movie, but it's gonna leave me with that lasting ah or uh. What do you mean the post credit scene? So the scenes that happen after the credits roll? Yes. Um, so if you've not watched any Marvel movies or been sleeping on the rock, every single Marvel Cinematic Universe movie has a post credit scene. It's either something fun or something that hints to the last movie. Yes. But with Marvel, for example, um, the last post credit scene at the end of Winter Soldier was introducing the two characters, which will be in Age of Ultron being Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. You don't see their faces. You just see... Well, you don't see their faces clearly. You just see them locked up in cages, displaying their powers. Quicksilver's just running around really, really fast. And Scarlet Witch is like floating boxes and making them explode. Are these all online? Uh, I, I don't know. I bet you they I bet you they, I bet they are. Them. What a lively. They have everything on you there. You know what? Watch Winter, <laughs> watch Winter Soldier anyway, because that's probably my second favorite really? Marvel movie. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking of the first one. The first one was a heaping pile of shit. The first Captain America? Yes. You know what? Take it for what it is. Yeah. It's, it's a and period here, here, Here's the thing. You... I actually enjoyed it, but I'm a very poor movie critic. Now that I've listened to so many podcasts on movies and talked to so many yeah. people about movies, mm. I feel as if I lose a bit of my movie love because I feel like I have to be critical of these movies. And so I have to watch everything twice or not watch it twice and just have to judge the shit out of it the first time I watch it. You know what? I, I My advice is just to watch a movie... And then judge it like you would if you weren't an expert. The problem with experts is they're looking at different elements of a movie, and they're just not elements that you would look at. So, for example, anybody who's gone to film school, like me and my buddy James, when we go watch a movie and judge a movie, we don't judge it whether we like it or not. We basically judge it on how well made it is or not first, and then it's how much we enjoyed it. And if if the elements of how it's made creep into the enjoyment, it taints the movie experience. But we're looking for different things. Because I have that film background, 
I don't like film critic backgrounds because they're just using all sorts of different methods and elements to validate their opinion. But in, I would rather get an opinion off like someone who doesn't watch movies and say whether they liked it or not. And that's really valid for me. Yeah, because it's like an unbiased third party, right? Listen, there's a billion. There's going to be billions of dollars, I said, that Marvel makes. A percentage of them, an insignificant percentage of them, are going to be film critics and film school students. Most of those people that are enjoying that movie, the reason that movies like that keep getting made, are normal, everyday people who just like to go have a good time in the movies. So. Okay, so I do remember watching The Winter Soldier. I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Winter Soldier's and freaking great. So at the end, they, were, they introduced two new characters. They're going to be in the new Avengers movie, yes. which is the Age of Ultron, which is some sort of AI being that wants to kill everyone. So in the movie, how he's depicted, for the record, uh, spoiler alert, if you didn't want to find out exactly anything about the movie, and it's not going to be the same as comic books, and I'm not 100% of this because I'm not right in the movie, but how he's depicted so far in write-ups and the trailer, um, the five trailers that are online, is Ultron is a program developed by Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark, who it's an AI program that basically thinks and replicates and is supposed to defend the world and basically grows to hate humanity or realize that humanity is isn't worth, effect, saving. Isn't worth saving or is one affecting the world. It's one of those things. And so Ultron becomes this ultimate being who basically wants to wipe out humanity. So are they going to save it with love? <laughs> Hey, no, look, we are compassionate people. It's like the end of uh, Fifth Element. It's yes. Like, no, it's, you guys are so bad. Why would you want to say yes. this? Because they're great things like love. Yes. Love. love. Nothing says love like a hammer or a green monster smashing things. It's, at least those are things that I love to view. That's, a, that's yeah. a weird, weird look on love, my friend. That is a weird look on love. <laughs> yes. Here we are. Not, not sitting in a chair of judgment. Um, so in the, <laughs> that differs from the comic book how... In the comic book, uh, Ultron is developed by a man named Henry Pym. And the reason why I'm going to mention that is because the next movie after Avengers Age of Ultron will be Ant-Man. And Hank Pym will be in Ant-Man. And he's the one that originally develops it. And the thing about Ultron, at least the cool thing I find, is um, because there was a, there's a big question asked when Hank Pym develops Ultron because he bases... Uh, Ultron's AI, his uh, intelligence on his brainwaves. So Hank Pym is like, I'm a good person. I want to do right by the world. Why not use my brainwaves to develop this artificial intelligence and have him grow and think based on my brainwaves? And then Ultron uses his, those brainwaves and comes to the conclusion that humanity is a disease and wants to wipe him out. So now Hank Pym is thinking, am I evil this whole time? Do I have a dark side that I don't know about? And then Ultron develops another robot in places of the brainwaves of a hero. And that hero, ends up, that robot ends up helping and destroying Ultron. So it's interesting in the comics in that sense, but we don't have that angle. I don't know how they're going to develop it in the movies. It's basically going to be this AI. It's basically probably this algorithm program or some sort of thing that they develop. All right. Yeah. So possibly the ending to Age of Ultron is going to be a third movie where they begin to create an AI that can actually take down the other AIs. We'll, we'll see. There's there's some hints of what's going to happen. I don't want to wreck the experience for you, but... Sure, I mean, and so we won't for everyone, but I, 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 we'll have to say this. There are going to be a few more Avengers movies. There are. They're, they're, they've already been announced. The slate has been announced, which is going to be cool, and I mean, we are limited on time. We could talk about this slate for days, 
But uh, the, the after this movie, they're going to introduce some more Avengers characters, and then they're going to have the Infinity War. What's um, the whoa, whoa, whoa. the Infinity War? The Infinity War, which is going to be in two parts. Explain. So, um, at the end of the first Avengers, they introduced they tease a character called Thanos. Thanos is this titan who is crazy, who wants to destroy everything. Cause destruction, nothing brings him joy like destruction. Is Thanos um, from space? Thanos is from space. They is used... he, he reminds me of uh, Galactus, but it's not the same person, right? Not at all. Well, good reminder, not the same. Galactus just wants to eat. Okay. Galactus would be going through our universe and he'd be hungry. Yeah. And so Earth looks scrumptious, so he wants to just eat Earth. Is, is Thanos in... Guys of the Galaxy? Why is Thanos yes. seem so familiar? That's, yes. Okay. Yes. So you see you see him played by Josh Brolin um, a little bit more clearly and thoroughly, um, but he's the he's nicknamed the Mad Titan, and he wants to destroy everything. And he's looking for uh, these Infinity Stones, which we get teased throughout the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe in every movie. So we've we've seen a few of them. Um, like in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like in Guardians of the Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy is when we know for sure what of them is. And before Guardians of the Galaxy, after one of the Thor movies, we get hinted at one of their after credit scenes on by the collector who is looking for these Infinity Stones. And so we get hinted that there's more out there. But in Guardians of the Galaxy, is the first time we're just like, that's an Infinity Stone, and this is what they do. Okay. A, what are Infinity Stones, and what do they do? <laughs> Because seem like they're all powerful, and only certain people can hold them in their hand. <laughs> yes, they're very powerful. They all have different elements of like chaos and death and decay and destruction. And when they come together, like Captain Planet, like Captain Planet, yep. um, they have a massive destructive force, and that's what Thanos is after. They have all of them at the same time, so he can basically wipe things out. And so the final. Avengers movie is going to be the Infinity War part one and part two, which is based on the comic book, which is going to be based on Infinity War in the comic. It's not going to be exactly the same. Nothing is, but it'll be interesting because basically everything comes together. These Infinity Stones. Okay. There's there's a lot. Yeah. Listen, a, I'm learning a lot about the Marvel Universe. I, I'm glad that I can bring this sort of um, uh, knowledge, I guess. Infinity Wars. Okay. Yeah, this this knowledge makes me no money. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, your knowledge on my podcast makes me no money. So, uh, I appreciate you bringing your talentless, no money making ass. Yeah. Down to the studio. Now, now that sounded like a wrestling line. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like The Rock. Actually, I dropped that on my uh, my co-host yesterday mm-hmm. on air. We were talking mm-hmm. about we're talking about The Rock, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what I asked him, but I asked him mm-hmm. a question. He had to answer, and immediately I said, "It doesn't matter." Yeah. Yes. Are you are you still a big wrestling fan? I am still a big wrestling fan. There's um, some parts have fallen off for me, but I'm still a big wrestling fan. I got to tell you, ever since I found that it was scripted as a kid, I think that broke the illusion for me. And so the showmanship part, I think, is what people still keeps people around, right? Like that's kind of what yeah. it is. I think when I was younger, I was like, oh, these are the best athletes on the planet. Like, these guys do all these things. Look at the Tonka. He can never get beat, him doing yeah. that thing. Also, what a racist name that is, Tatanka. Also, mm. Yokozuna, which is the like, the it's, top you can get in sumo wrestling. And like, no, he's just a giant, fat Japanese dude, and we're going to call him Yokozuna. He wasn't even Japanese. He was Samoan, which was... Um, That's also, even f***ing funnier. Yes. That being... I recently mm. read a bunch on, bunch on sumo. So, uh, so the highest you can get in sumo, you'd yes. be called a Yokozuna. Yes, a grand champion. Yeah, the grand champion. Up until, I think, a 
not a few years ago, probably about 30, 25 years ago, they, they didn't allow anyone that wasn't Japanese to reach that high-ranking level. And so you found all these really great high-level Samoans, Which Ma- Malaysians, uh, Mongolians that were just, that couldn't crack that top. And then finally it happened. And so there's one guy from a Samoan dude who did it. The current champion is Mongolian. Yeah, it was really interesting. That 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 makes sense to me because sumo wrestlers in Japan are like gods amongst yeah. them, and they they're treating so well. And that's the life to lead is like just be just be a beast, be huge, and be loved. <laughs> it's it's like being a king. It's like being King Henry the Eighth. It is, like, except I'm... you're useful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you can have kids. Like not be stuff your wife. Uh, yeah, like don't kill your wives because they gave you only daughters, and <laughs> like you're a sumo wrestler, like. You can walk Listen, around. If you can't get a if you can't get a boy or any children, and you've gone through seven wives, you should probably think the problem is probably you. you like I, at one point, you got to be like, ah, uh, maybe it's me. Yeah, but he is he's surrounded by a bunch of yes men, so he's That's not true. he's not going to turn around and be like, guys, do you think I'm the problem? <laughs> it's, it's not even like regular yes men. Because regular yes men, the worst that could happen is that they lose their job. When you're King Henry the Eighth, and you're mm-hmm. a yes man, like if you. Don't say yes, you die. You get killed. It's like, no, no, your highness, no. <laughs> I was, uh, I'm a big Freakonomics guy. I love those books and the mm-hmm. podcast as well. Yes. And they talk about uh, sumo wrestling and how it's, the data shows that it's probably fixed and that uh, everyone knows this, that the uh, Yakuza has a hand in the sumo wrestling matches. And the one, of the, one of the big data points they, find, they found to sort of show that they were cheating was that in order to move up in sumo wrestling, you almost always have an odd number of matches. That way, your differential will always be up or down one point. So you have seven matches. It'll always be like four wins or three three losses or five wins, whatever it may be. If your win differential is higher than your loss, then you move up. That's all it takes. So you have to get four out of three, uh, win four out of seven matches, and you, you move on. You move up. Makes sense. What they found were people who were facing were sort of on that cusp, like three three and three. If the other person was at like... I don't know, seven and one. The person seven to one would lose on purpose because there's no great loss to that person at seven and two. They're still going to move up. And they yeah. would get the, the person who was three and three would likely win, even though historical data would show the person on top of them, the person who was, had the greater record, was going to has beat them all the time. It just happened to be that this one time. This one, is so, there was always the exception when the one person was three and three. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So it was. It showed pretty clearly that sumo wrestling is, is fixed um, to a certain degree. And even the Japanese even have a word for it. So it's not just cheating. It's cheating within sumo. Within sumo. That, it's some serious yeah. shit. Yes. And the level of which they could talk about being a king and stuff. Say there's a top tier in the, in the bottom tier. Top tier. All the top tier people. Like beautiful. Absolutely lavish and amazing. The second you are in that bottom tier, you are still basically a servant for the other top people who are just going to go on and <laughs> mad bitches <laughs> and do what they're going to do. And get money. Sumo. Sumo. Oh. Eat like kings and then... Yeah, they're virtually kings. They are. and It's it's an enviable lifestyle. They do have to somewhat earn it, but... I guess the only people that are more king-like are like probably the leaders of communist countries. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure to what extent Kim Jong-un is or even like Raul Castro anymore. But when you're when you're the dictator, like Mugabe, Robert Mugabe mm. in Zimbabwe, yeah, that dude is a king. That dude tripped on his own feet, walking on a, a whatever platform, 
and then fired his 21 bodyguards or like find them or whatever happened to them because he tripped. Because he tripped? That dude needs to hurry up and die. I'm sure a few people feel that way. Yeah, although I hope we say that, but then what if the person gets installed next because... It's even worse. Really free country. Uh, yeah, it's even worse. And it's, I don't know how it be more worse than that. I had a friend. Um, actually, she was a student of mine when I was uh, when I was a residence advisor. She's from Zimbabwe. And uh, she was, she needed to catch a bus. But apparently, it's illegal to catch a bus in front of the president's house. And so she was like near one of, her, one, of her, uh, one of his houses trying to hail a bus. And then guards came out and pointed guns at her. What are you doing? You cannot do that. And she like broke down and crashed. She's like, I had no idea. I don't know this. I don't know what's happening. And she's from Zimbabwe. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's some crazy shit. That's crazy. Imagine being Mugabe. Like, I, I can't. Man. I have. I, I, I like people, so I can't ruthless. ruthless. That's what it is. Ruthless, and I couldn't do that. I, I really like people. I think Even he, as annoying as most of them are, I, I, I just wouldn't. Like, there's some people that you just want to kick in the shins, but other than that, like I couldn't imagine. Like you're you're in front of my house, <laughs> or you you took the last ice cream in which I intended to buy, <laughs> and now your life is over. I couldn't. No. Nope. And he he mm. lost an election, and was like, "Hey, you need to step down." No, I don't. <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> I have the I own the military. Come at me. <laughs> you need to step down. <laughs> there were just some places in Africa. That just absolutely connected it together, by by part will of their own, but part will obviously of the situation that's happened over the past yeah few hundred years as to where they are. It's hard I mean, to recover from such things for so sure, if, for sure. But also, we've had time. There've been resources. It kind of feels as if like, like what's the next step? Who are the ones that are actually winning? Like Botswana, stable most stable country in Africa. They're doing really well. Yeah. South Africa, ah, eh, I've been there. They're doing pretty good. There's obviously still a huge. Part of the population that is still living on a dollar a day, yeah. but they, they're doing okay in some ways, in some respects. Yeah, but there are just places that sectarian violence is take. Like, look at look at Sudan, look at Somalia, civil war for like forever. Egypt going through a pretty crazy, uh, pretty crazy event right now. And it's uh, it's one of those things. If you think about it, we have we have our we have our neighbors to the south in the U.S. Um, shout out to Americans. Um, <laughs> America. All seven of you that listen. Yes. Um, and that's a country that most people would consider got, has their shit together. Um, for the most part. For the most part. But they have such a, such a checkered past that they just can't fully get through, which is a whole longer discussion. But, and and w- it's just really hard to get through. Like some of the – I think most of the problems with most countries, um, including our own, because is acknowledging the problems that are ahead. And most people don't want to acknowledge those problems because – it's it's financially detrimental to the people who have money to acknowledge some of the problems they have. So exactly, there's no incentive for them there's, to. There's no, not even just incentive, but you're gonna lose some money. Like, yeah. like if Americans got rid of, uh, dare I say, systematic racism, <laughs> systemic, uh, if you will, systemic racism, systematic. I think they're both. I they're mean, both. I, actually, I think it's, yes. it's systemic and it's systematic. Let's put um, policies that disproportionately the, affect yes. like colored people. Yes. And, and Canada does the same thing with our Native American culture. Oh, um, Yeah. Uh, there are people that aren't going to make, quote, unquote, as much money as they used to, and some other people are going to make more yeah. money. And, so. and I should probably clarify two things here. I, mm. I, I think when we say get the shit together, I kind of feel like I mean democracy. Democracy. I, I, I feel yeah. like that's what I mean. Um, and the second thing is we have to state that 
right off the get go, mm-hmm. we're pretty lucky. Like we are like, very lucky. Like we're super fortunate that yes, that we were born in this country or in a country that we can easily access this country. Yeah, and have a job when I'm 15 that makes more than some people make in a month. We have, it's it's great to know that we have people fighting for us to make a decent wage at an age when we're allowed to work. Yeah. And working is somewhat of an option when you're in your teens. And that's mm-hmm. that's actually a great thing. And I don't I, I feel super lucky mm-hmm. to be uh, a Canadian, a very proud Canadian. But um, it's like Barack Obama is like he loves America. But like, let's be honest, there's some problems. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I can't remember who wrote it. It was it's a writer for The Atlantic. He talked about it's the um, I want to get the title right of this. I'll find it. It's he talked about reparations, and uh, it's a fascinating article. And one of the big points that stuck out with me was in America, at least, black people in America have been in slavery longer than they've been free. The case for reparations that's the title, the case for reparations, yeah, longer than they were free. Like, that is when you think about that, you're like. Yeah, and I mean, you touched on another good point earlier. We talked about the native population again, the First Nations people. We have absolutely, that is still Yeah. Not even that, it's just there's 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 even politicians out there just that don't want to acknowledge it. It's like, it's like kind of turn of lie eye. They're like, you know, we've had some problems in the past, and now we're going to move forward. And that's generally how they address it. We've had some problems in the past. What do you think the problem is? Obviously, if we absolutely knew what the problem was, we'd go ahead and try and fix it. But I, I don't know exactly what the problem is, but I know one of the problems is acknowledging it properly. Definitely. Because and and, and, like residential schools, like we literally put kids, like first nations, like students, like people in mm-hmm. schools and try to assimilate them. That's and, basically it, In right? the fucking worst way possible. No, they're just like, hey, learn about this. Celebrate Canada Day with us. Like, <laughs> You mean that country we took from you? Yeah. 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 yeah, this is the day we acknowledge that we took the country from you, and now we've made it ours. And yeah. this person I used to know, she puts online, like, don't ever say happy Canada Day to a native of this country because it's not it's not the same type of holiday. So I think the first problem is eh. just like really, is really acknowledging it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it, the celebrations in Ottawa will be just, they'll still go on if you just acknowledge and go, you know what, hey, we kind of gave you a raw deal. Let's kind of fix this problem going forward. Everyone's still, we're in a good place right now where minimum wage can go up and we can help out people that are in need because we have billionaires and more millionaires than we had before and people have the disposable income. I mean, I I worked at a store where we sell $600 phones and people were buying (laughs) them. Like, we we got last year's model, but we want this year's model. Um, We don't need it, but we want it because we need it. And so if we have a country that can do that we could we can certainly do better by people that don't have as much and so and all, and all demographics mind you yeah and i i think it's a multifaceted approach there has to be some sort of element of money there has to be some sort of element of education there has to be some sort of element of let's be honest and be very, be, be very honest because it's the internet there are certain sects of that population within the native communities that don't really have an incentive to do much and it's not of their own fault. I don't. I don't believe totally of their own fault, but also no. don't believe that it's totally anybody else's fault. And it's it's rough. And we're we're failing. Like like, like at the end I, of the day, end of the day, we're failing the First Nations of this country. And they have what an alcohol 
an alcoholic rate 10 times higher than the average population and suicide rate that's off the charts, diabetes that you can't even touch in normal society. Um, dental hygiene is non-existent in some of those northern places. Like, it's it's a rough go at it. There's no easy fix to the to the to the, uh, to the problem, but this wasn't supposed to be a PSA for the uh, <laughs> for the native population. But it's something that needs to be said. Something has to be done. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to pretend to care about it so much more than the average person. But yeah, I I I'm more. I really believe that uh, we just need to do right by everybody here. Yeah. And it, I, I'm just a big proponent of acknowledging that we have problems. I don't I don't think most of our problems are as black and white as people want to seem. And I don't think they're as, some of them are not as difficult as some governments make them believe. I just feel like we can do better by everybody who lives here. Definitely. We are, we all now live here. So um, first looks and knowledge that people are here first, um, <laughs> give them their due. They're not, um, called, they're not called second nations. No, <laughs> let's, let's give Tertiary them, nations people. Yeah. Let's give them the proper respect. And it's just a thing our government needs to do. And, and we're supposed out. to be, we're supposed to be the politer, uh, more charitable, nation of this north america that we live in so let's do better by Definitely. people uh yeah you have the song of the week the song that people need to listen to uh you found it for me his name is daniel ortega dan ortega great artist guy i know personally i helped him out with this track he is he's T-dot. really he's from toronto he's from the t-dot he represents the t-dot he is phenomenal rapper he's a great lyricist he has a great ear um the one thing i really admire about him is he's actually quite the student of hip-hop and music and rap and it's not just like it's most people have painted music in sort of these bubbles and there's some people just trying to break out of it there's like Charles Gambito's kind of trying to break out of what he what most people put in as rap and Kendrick Lamar's kind of trying to break out and Drake has always been a little bit on the cusp of like R&B and hip-hop and Dan Ortega is just one of these guys that likes the poetry that rap lyrics give and um uh, takes that and runs with it, and then he has created some great music. This track, You Should Sample, is uh, What Dreams Are Made Of. Shout out to uh, the Oakville Boys Choir for helping us out, and uh, Dave <laughs> Anderson for helping us out with that one. Um, and the the production on this is just nuts. It's stupid nuts. It's great. Yeah, it's a dope track. Thanks again, y'all, for being here. Appreciate it. I was loving you drive by. Yeah, I like driving by week after week to... Week after that, week, yes. definitely not back to back. So, that happens. Peace, thank you, everyone. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We're going to find out things that maybe I was wrong about or didn't give you enough information about as well. So, one of the first ones was the sumo wrestler, who was the first non Japanese sumo wrestler to reach the highest rank, known as Yokozuna. Uh, he goes by the name of Akobono Toro. Born Chad Rowan. That's a big change for a name. And he was born in well, he was born in Hawaii. He only became champion in 93. So at the time of this podcast, it's only about 22 years ago. So really not that long ago. The Japanese word for match fixing or cheating essentially is Yaochu. I don't know how to say that correctly, but it's Y-A-O-C-H-O-U. Second thing is King Henry VIII. He had six wives. He had a bunch of miscarriages. That's the part I kind of forgot. And I also forgot how interesting that whole thing was with his wives, with how many miscarriages and how many stillborn births those women had to endure and essentially why he couldn't pass on his kingdom. He ended up passing it on to Edward, who became king at age nine, uh, which is always a great idea. Yeah, always do that if you can. 
give your all your wealth to a nine-year-old. He couldn't actually rule at the time. He was led by advisors. Next up in more information, Tanahishi Coates. I hope I'm saying that name right. It's the case for reparations. He's a, a black writer for The Atlantic. He wrote that piece. It is still up online, and it is a fascinating read. So if you ever want to know why black people in the, in the United States should get a bit of land or a bit of money, he makes a really convincing cases. And guess what? There's precedent for it. It's not the first time. The American government has given back something to people that they have wronged in the past. Definitely check that out. The Native American suicide and drinking rates. By far one of the most interesting things that we that I think I've had to fact check and make sure I was right about this. So here are a couple of things right from StatsCan. Suicide rates are five to seven times higher for First Nation youths. Suicide rates among Inuit youth are among the highest in the world at 11 times the national average. If that is not scary information, uh, I'm not entirely sure what is. When it came to drinking rates, drinking was another interesting one I tried to find more information on. I found a couple interesting quotes but I couldn't exactly track down the source. The quotes that were given said something like, there isn't actually more drinking in the Aboriginal community. It's just that there's more heavy drinking in the Aboriginal community. It does, however, say that a big, a serious issue in that community, in the First Nations community in Canada, is alcohol fetus syndrome. Last but not least, we talk about my boy Mugabe. So not the most recent elections. These elections that I was talking about were actually in 2008, where he actually lost the presidential election. But both him and his opponent had under 50%. His opponent definitely had more. But because they didn't reach that 50% threshold, they had to have a presidential runoff election. Initially, his opponent agreed to it, but then citing violence and people targeting his campaign, he's like, oh, well, the elections are pointless, as the outcome would be determined by Mugabe himself. That's his quote. So the runoff election did happen, and the, re the results were released two days later. The official results showed that Mugabe had doubled his first round votes to 85%, while his opponent now sunk to 9.3%. So, I don't know, make, make what you want about that. The other really interesting thing about this is that the runoff election was declared illegal because it happened outside of this magical 21-day window. According to Zimbabwean law, that's what this whole rule is about. This election was held outside of that, and therefore the candidate with the highest number of votes in the first election would essentially be elected president. That clearly didn't happen, and then Mugabe was like, all right, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, and then had his inauguration for his sixth presidential term in office because that's who he is. There it is. Thanks for listening. Take care.